Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished individual from New Delhi, India, Shweta Varma. Shweta, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you, Ashutosh. Uh, thank you. Uh, Shweta is the founder of Ginny's Planet Private Limited. And in her own words, she's a social entrepreneur working with the framework of mental health, human rights, and inclusive development in India. So Shweta, let's talk about uh, the work that you're doing in Ginny's Planet. Tell me about this venture and what was your motivation to start it? Uh, Guinea's Planet uh, is a social enterprise and uh, how I say about it is uh, we're building a world where nobody feels like an odd one out and where being different is okay. Uh, talking more simply, basically we simplify and trigger conversations on empathy, disability, diversity, mm-hmm. and we use dolls and puppets, stories and workshops to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we work across different age groups. Uh, of course, we target children more than the adults but we do work with uh, people of different age groups when we focus on our work. Okay. So I'm sorry, I got the pronunciation wrong. I was calling it Ginny. It's actually Guinea. I should have checked with you. Sorry for that. No, that's so, okay. That's okay. I'm very used to this. So I, I just say Guinea started and people take the hints. So it's perfectly fine. Wonderful. Thank you. So uh, what was the motivation for you to start this? So I have been a a disability rights professional since 2002. I mean, that's been my career path. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I have worked with NGOs uh, and persons with disabilities, especially people with mental illness. Mm -hmm. Um, So in in a way, you can say that I was always like grounded in this idea that we have to be part of an inclusive world and we have to create it ourselves, you know. Um, But uh, when my son was born in 2016, Um, He was born with multiple conditions. Uh, Many of those things required surgeries. And then I was thinking as to how would I orient my child about this fact that he's going to be different as compared to other people. And that being different is okay, you know, because that's what I believed in. But how would I make my son believe it? And I started looking for, uh, you know, products and storybooks and other things. And I realized that actually there is nothing that is targeting children you know, when it comes to conversations on uh, disability or diversity, except a few storybooks maybe, but again, not so much uh, in the Indian context, um, even if some publishers are working on it. Uh, so that's became, that, that's why basically I thought, okay, this is a gap mm-hmm. and why can't I do something, you know, to fulfill it because mm-hmm. I am positioned to do this. I have come from the sector And uh, so in a way, I'm aware of, you know, the language and what I need to say. Mm. But yeah, now I need to prepare myself to say it to children. Mm. And, you know, so that became my journey. And that's how Guinea's Planet was born uh, in 2019. Wow. So you you mentioned just now when I was reading about you also, it says that you are using dolls and puppets to convey your message. Um, Help me understand how you are doing that. What is your message? And... uh, if you can give me an example or an anecdote, that would be wonderful. Okay, so Guinea's planet, of course, as the name conveys, Guinea has to be somebody central to this whole thing, right? So uh, she's Guinea. Okay. And uh, so Guinea, uh, when we designed Guinea as a character and as a doll, so she is four years old and uh, she wears specs. Mm-hmm. And she has a condition called radial club hand. So mm-hmm. radial club hand can be of various kinds, but basically what it means for Guinea is that, you know, her... Uh, right arm is shorter than the left 
and right arm she has to wear a brace to support her wrist mm -hmm. and this one has four fingers including thumb and this one has five mm -hmm. so that's that's who guinea is now you know if i don't describe guinea uh then if you can touch the doll you will figure out the differences you know mm. so most children would understand just by touching her that okay she's not maybe like me uh a slightly different one so um the reason to bring in was of course that because i wanted to target children first you know because mm. who's talking to them about disability people Correct. think this is a taboo topic mm. so what happens is that in our workshops uh let's say if i if we are doing something like make your own guinea where we make guinea dolls but guinea of course is then in front yeah and then i start describing guinea and i also tell people about her you know how she loves rain how she loves playing football and then the conversation proceeds sometimes questions uh, come up from children some question would uh, some children would say uh, is guinea a real person mm -hmm. so i would say yes of course she's a real person because she is based on a real person you know mm -hmm. but how can people have nine fingers uh yes of course people have nine fingers but yeah. i have I, i haven't seen anybody with nine fingers mm. so what do you think if you if you haven't seen it you think it does not exist mm -hmm. so you know that that is it just triggers a conversation about a lot of stuff you know mm. things like mm. diversity in bodies things like okay if i haven't seen it does it mean it does not exist you know so it just uh, creates that level of uh, change in mm. in terms of thinking and then discussion so it becomes a trigger i mean so that's what we do we know that by bringing guinea in you're not going to become a disability expert but it will definitely trigger conversations on are people like this and is it okay for people to be like this you know so that's a small example amazing and since you work with children uh at what stage of uh, school curriculum or school education should we start talking about uh, you know diversity inclusion to the children so uh, what we have learned from children by now is the fact that children are already observing and they're open to so many things already mm. you know so the one thing that we've learned already is that if they've seen it then it becomes part of their regular routine so if they've seen a child with disability in the classroom they may be curious about it but for them that's part of humanity and that's part of life you know it's okay. not something that's odd they're looking at but uh, in terms of curriculum i would say you know start as soon as the child enters school because children are already so observant of what is happening around them and they will notice your comfort and your discomfort on certain topics mm. they will also notice how you talk about certain things you know so if a teacher is equipped and comfortable talking about diversity and disability children will pick them up and they they are anyway comfortable with these aspects they are curious mm. but they are not uncomfortable at all mm. you know so you just have to take the conversation forward so i would say 3 or 4 when we do our online workshop we say four because you know online workshop again requires people to just concentrate a little bit more mm. so we use uh, we work with children above the age of four but i would say children if they entered the school at 3 that's also fine to to start off these you know puppets and dolls anyway mm. work mm. wow i had never imagined that you can communicate at the children of 3 and 4 and it is so amazing so encouraging i mean i remember when i was growing up and i'm talking of five decades ago there was no such conversation in our schools in india yeah and it still there isn't actually when it comes to disability there isn't mm. uh, unfortunately what happens is that persons with disabilities they are they turn into inspirational figures mm. and only what people expect them to do is inspire you which just takes away the whole uh, i don't know it just defeats the whole purpose uh, you have to think of everybody as equal and somebody who can be your friend not just somebody that you can just feel inspired from mm. 
Wow. So uh, you take Guinea to all the schools with you and uh, you said the children do ask you some questions. How do the parents and the teachers react to Guinea? So most of the times, I mean, people who engage with us, they find it fascinating, you know, that, okay, something like Guinea exists and that they can, you know, use it with children. But, you know, the challenge at our end, uh, I'm just uh, pointing out very, very openly is that, you know, we started in 2019 and 2020, uh, the world shut down, mm. you know, so the actual chance of bringing children to school physically, mm. uh, you know, and, and showing Guinea there was, was actually not there. And now we're, we're getting into it. But till now, yeah, people have engaged with Guinea o, like online, and that's been a wonderful experience uh, from all fronts. Mm. Um, I would still say that, you know, parents who believe that their child uh, needs an affirmation that mm. you're different and being different is okay. Mm. Those kinds of parents uh, uh, engage with us more openly and more proactively as compared to other parents who probably believe that either this is not something they want to introduce the child to, or either this is something that they can teach their child on their own. You know, mm. So there are different sets of parents and one kind of set of parent definitely engages with us a lot more. Fascinating. And just to continue on the same uh, thread of conversation, what is the role society and government uh, plays or needs to play to make sure that Guinea is accepted everywhere? I think it takes a lot of courage and will for people to say to themselves that we don't know enough mm -hmm. and that we've made mistakes, mm -hmm. you know? So I think if as, if as society and as government, no matter how progressive we think we are, we need to, if we become open to the fact that maybe I don't know enough about everything and maybe I need to learn more mm -hmm. and, and use that will and sense of reflection to then take the corrective course of action mm -hmm. to build an inclusive world, to think about nuances, you know, like if I'm sitting in this space, what will make, what, what in this space is going to make somebody feel unwelcome. Mm -hmm. And if I have the sense of reflection and if I can focus on those nuances and I can take help from somebody to list those things down, I could probably start changing this space. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, we're still at a stage where schools find it hard to take children with disability because they think, oh, we don't have enough mm -hmm. human resources or equipment to deal with it. Now, where companies still think that, okay, uh, how would I engage a person with disability if I take this person as an employee? You know, what if this person uh, goes to the roof and jumps? You know, I mean, they're just random Correct. thoughts and assumptions that, that affect, you know, everything around us. So people need to understand that we have made mistakes and now we need to take corrective course of action and we should do that. And are uh, schools uh, beginning to make these changes or is there still a lot of resistance? So some schools are, uh, and especially in some schools, I would say leadership is committed to this, mm -hmm. but it is still challenging. One, because let's say if as a school leader, I believe that, okay, my school needs to become inclusive, but my school consists of a lot of teachers and, and of course the inaccessible infrastructure, mm -hmm. you know, that came to me with the school. Mm. So changing those things around, uh, thinking of nuances as to how this playground can become accessible for a child with disability how my classroom, which is so crowded, sometimes can become uncomfortable for a child, uh, you know, of a particular uh, disability. So I would say there's still a lot of uh, room for improvement. But yeah, in some schools, definitely, I would say uh, they have taken the course of action, even if it's not inclusive and even if it's integrated, you know, where there is this wing of children with disability studying, 
while other children study in their own sections, uh, those models are definitely more prominent as compared to models where children with disabilities will study in the same classroom along with others. Wow. So let's talk a little bit now about uh, the slightly older children, say, who are in colleges and people who are entering the workforce. What is your experience of taking Guinea to colleges and into, uh, into the workforce? So uh, I'll give you two examples of what we've done. You know, one is that we did uh, uh, a workshop for children of employees. So of course, employees themselves were also very fascinated with this whole idea. I know that most adults think that they need to sit very seriously in the workshops, you know, and, and learn about disability and diversity, but our, our workshops are not like that. Um, so, uh, but, but in this case, you know, because the conversation also changes across, uh, across the age when I work with them. So obviously with the adults, it also becomes more reflective, more nuanced, where they think of the actions that they can take forward. So Guinea could be one point in the whole conversation, but uh, it's more about them as people when okay. the conversation takes place uh, with, with adults. Mm. So that's how it is with them. And the other thing that we do is we, we take interns mm. um, and we don't take interns like because people are placing them with us. We run our own internship program and the whole idea is to uh, make people oriented uh, to empathy, diversity, and disability while they learn what they came to learn. You know, so somebody can, may come in for graphic design, somebody may come in for app development, but they have to join our conversations on empathy, diversity, and disability. Mm -hmm. Because we believe that no matter what profession you're going in, these are the aspects that have to be core for you. So we try to do that in our own ways. And the interns that come to you, if, if some of them do have uh, uh, some challenges, uh, when they go back into the corporate workforce, how are companies reacting to uh, diversity, to inclusiveness? So till now, uh, okay. So basically, for me, the, those are two like two questions: mm -hmm. uh, how are companies reacting, and how how have our interns performed? Correct. So um, in our case, uh, we run two kinds of internship programs. One is for people from any space, and one is specifically mom interns, you know, who are moms on break and now they want to regain confidence, practice and get back into the career path. Mm. So when it came to mom internships, uh, moms who've been wanting to go back to a career path, they performed really well. Mm -hmm. uh, they've joined, I would not say they went back to the corporate world, they actually went back, they went to a path that they felt they were more aligned with now, mm. you know. So uh, for example, there's an organization called Caregiver Sati. So some of the mom interns who completed this internship with us actually joined that organization because they felt this is more aligned with what they want to do. Uh, and it's been great for them. Uh, so I, I do love the mom internship program in that sense. Um, and as far as the companies are concerned, I would say, uh, you know, the companies who approached us, what I have realized is that the bigger ones, uh, the larger ones, they are more keen to uh, find ways to make this a reality. You know, how do we create an inclusive workforce? Mm. Uh, the, the smaller ones, I think, uh, I don't know where they are because uh, I still see uh, the struggle there. You know, the, the fact that we have to do this, it does not come out as strongly as, as let's say from the bigger ones who now say, okay, but now the rights of persons with disabilities act is there and we have to align all our work with it. Mm -hmm. That's what the bigger companies are saying. But I haven't heard the other ones talking like this at all. Interesting. And I guess the same thing is happening in the, in the societies that we live in. 
I mean, even to get something as simple as a ramp for a wheelchair um, is not easily made available. How yeah, do we get no. society to change, uh, Shweta? Well, I've been struggling with this answer. You know, one is, uh, uh, you know, this, this question that if I do not have a person with disability in my family, mm-hmm. then why should I worry whether mm-hmm. the world is accessible or not? Correct. You know? Uh, and and uh, it's been a struggle for me to find a convincing answer because my answer till now is that uh, that you know you are you you focus on these few years where you think you do not have disability, but you forget about your childhood and you forget about your old age when you will require all these things. Right. You know, so if you don't do something about it now, who is going to do it? You know, so so my I mean, this was a discussion that I had with in a conference as well that who will build an inclusive world if not you, mm. you know, you will need to use all these accessible resources and, mm. and you're waiting for government and everybody else to do it, mm. but you have a role to play as well. But this, again, I say this, but this is not convincing for most people, even if it's logical, it's not convincing. Correct. I agree with you. So my next question to you is on the millennials and the Gen Z's, you know, the people who have, who are inheriting the world. Uh, and we'll, I'm, I'm sure making it a much better place than people of my generation who seem to have messed it up. Uh, how are millennials and the Gen Zs reacting to inclusion? Oh, I think uh, they are the ones taking the lead. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, when it become, when it comes to being open about uh, your own challenges, your own vulnerabilities, and telling the world that that you know you need to be aware of what is happening. Mm. Uh, that's what millennials are doing. When you look at their Twitter accounts and when you look at their blog posts, I mean, they're not shying away. Most people I see are not shying away from telling the world mm. that this is what I need from my environment. And this is also what I'm willing to do. I think that that, that will and that reflectiveness is something that really gives us hope, mm. you know, that uh, world is gonna get better somehow. Mm. Uh, with people like them. Very interesting. So one more question for you uh, relating to the work that you're doing. You also do a lot of counseling at the workplace. Um, What is the kind of counseling that you do? Well, so as a, so I I don't work anymore as a professional counselor. I I volunteer with the organization that I started my career with. Uh, So that's the only bit. But instead what I do is, uh, I, I use my skills to train the other organizations and other teams mm-hmm. uh, outside Guinea's planet mm-hmm. to use uh, mental health, empathy, and, and listening skills uh, to work with the groups that they work with. You know, so for example, uh, Shakti Shalini is an organization that works with uh, survivors of violence. So that's one example, but there are other examples as well, where we train uh, these teams to use uh, empathy in everyday life and to use those skills when they work with the different groups. Uh, so, and similarly, a, a team working with persons with disabilities. So I would use similar skills and similar trainings to, to orient them. So I use, I would say I, I, now I'm at a stage where I would want to train more people to you know, be better at the work that they do mm-hmm. rather than me engaging with the workplace counseling uh, at my front, because that will just not allow me to do a lot of work that I'm trying to do. Phenomenal. So Shweta, I've got time for a few more questions and I'm going to move to the next segment because our viewers and listeners love to get to know my guest a little better. Uh, for the, from the incredible amount of work that you do and what you've been speaking about, as you look back at life, 
What does success mean to Shweta? That's a very hard question because the definition has just changed across uh, time. Absolutely. <laughs> so I would say when I started my career, success meant that I get to learn and I get to do all that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus getting a salary that allows me to manage my expenses. Mm. Uh, then over a period of time, it changed to uh, being able to learn what I still haven't learned. So uh, again, I, would, I think learning is, is the common uh, thing that, that is cut across. Uh, because I worked for a professional for many years and I said, I need to do PhD because research is not my strong suit yet. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so I, I did that. And then I chose the topic to be in Kashmir because I thought, okay, that's, that's where maybe many people are not focusing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and later on, it, later on, it all became me trying to follow my vision and mm-hmm. trying to see how I'm, I'm succeeding there. So today, if you ask me what it means to me, it is about me trying to fulfill the vision that I'm working with, which is exactly what Guinea's Planet is doing, you know, building a world where nobody feels like an odd one out. It sounds impossible, but that's where I would want to. Terrific. And my last question to you now, as a follow-up from the work question on success, is who or what inspires you to keep pushing yourself to doing so many amazing things? Well, it's just... It's many people, um, but um, it's hard to say maybe one person. So I'll probably say one group uh, and two people. So one group, uh, I'll just call them social entrepreneurs, you know, because uh, now that I'm part of this group, I realize that how we face so many challenges. Most of us are bootstrapped. We don't get funded very early on. Uh, you know, and but the vision drives us, you know, so that's really inspiring for me to see uh, other social entrepreneurs doing what they're doing. And we remain connected with each other primarily for this, you know, because it gives us hope uh, because otherwise it becomes such a lonely journey. Wow. Hmm. Uh, then the second person I would say, of course, is my son. I mean, he's a trigger for all this when it comes to Guinea's planet, yeah. but he keeps us on toes. He keeps me, uh, I don't know. In a, in a space where I need to keep learning, you know, so I would say I've become more accepting and more of a person who really listens to people as if, you know, what we say is beginner's mindset, that if I, I do not assume that I already know everything about that you want to talk about, I just have to listen to it as if I'm listening to it for the first time. Mm-hmm. So our son forces us to do that. It's a good practice living with him. Uh, and third, I would say is my mentor. Um, uh, who's been my mentor since the time I started my career. And because he is a leader of the organization himself. Now, when I look back, I see so many things the way he did. And, you know, when I'm stuck with how I should do things here, uh, I just think of how he used to do things and, and maybe take lessons from there. Wow. So, yeah, I would say these are, these are the things that I would like to say, but definitely a lot more people that I can list right now. Wonderful. Uh, Shweta, on that note, I mean, all that I can say is, wow, what a great conversation I've had with you. Thank you very much. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you for talking to me at such length about Guinea's planet. Uh, Good luck for everything that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ashtosh. It was great to be here and great to talk. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in
in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called Youth.